0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 97 Stop Overthinking. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal getting, fear facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. They're Ms. Unstoppable, so happy to have you here on the show. I don't know if you've noticed this, but lately when I start the show, I say Ms. M S period, unstoppable. I realized for a while I had said miss, and it was just something that came out of my mouth over and over and over again. And it was something that I didn't even intentionally want to say. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in the 80s and 90s primarily. You know, teachers had Miss, Misses, or, oh my gosh, God forbid, an MS. I remember one of our teachers in elementary had one and we were all like, what the hell? (laughs) Which is so effed up, right? As women, it shouldn't be that we're leading with our marital status. We should be like men and just be Mr. And, you know, everybody has to guess unless they see our hand if we even choose to wear a wedding ring. So I am intentionally making sure that I'm saying Ms. M. S., because that's what I really want to believe in, and that we all go to that. Even though I do enjoy being Mrs. MRS. Preston from time to time, but again, it's like, why do people need to know my marital status? (laughs) Anyways, total side tangent. Today, we're talking about overthinking. Now, I have had great success in the past 10 years of my life. I've talked about that on the podcast, specifically in the episode called 10-Year Visions. I talked about how When I was about 25, 26, I had my daughter from that place of having her and realizing, oh my goodness, I need to get my life together because I'm now a mother. I then put in place some visions that I wanted for my life over the next 10 years. And I just wrapped that up recently as I turned 36 in August. And um, again, it's like I accomplished everything I wanted and a little bit more in those 10 years, except for one thing. And that one thing has been the income in my business. Now, granted, when I first had my vision, I just thought, man, I would love a job that I adore and a job where I don't feel like I'm dying a slow death as I go to work. And I did accomplish that. And then it became, "Okay, well, I definitely need to make some sort of money, especially when my divorce happened with my daughter's father. And I thought, "Okay, I just need to make I think it was like 32K a year. I know I tell this story all the time, but I did accomplish that. But Then it became, okay, let's make more money. And for a long time in my business, I just wasn't, it wasn't happening. Um, I just had a lot of programs, a lot of different freebies. I just had offerings all over the place. I was always thinking of the next offer, the next thing I could put together, the next name change, the next way to improve. Instead of maximizing what I had, I told myself a lot of times that I'm new. I was just figuring it out. I was evolving. But when six years hit in 2019, which would have been April 2019 or 2020, excuse me, then it was like, man, Lindsay, you've been at this coaching thing for six years. Now, granted, I took some time off in there, about two years, so maybe four years. But even still, it was like, damn, Lindsay, four years. I had seen many of my peers surpass me greatly financially. And I asked myself, why am I not making the six figures that I want? Why do I see my peers making You know, six figures, if not millions, I'm just as smart as they are, if not smarter. But why am I not creating the results? So I started to blame my family. I was like, well, I have focused on my family. It must be that. That's what's holding me back. But then I saw other moms doing it. And so that kind of put that belief in my brain as like total BS, right? So then in 2020, I told myself no more. Like it's the time to get to work, Lindsay. It's the time to make it happen. Even with the global pandemic, I made some choices from that place. And then in 2020, I hit that six figure mark. So something clicked inside of me and I really got very clear on what overthinking is and what it isn't. And how I was doing it and how I was not doing it in other areas of my life and how I saw success. And then I started teaching that even more so to my clients because we had always kind of touched on it. But because I had worked on it so much, I started giving them more and more feedback and I could spot it more in them as they were coming up with this overthinking thing. So today I want to share that wisdom with you. I want you to get to a place where you recognize what overthinking is and then you know how to pull yourself out of that until you see the consequences of it. Because a lot of women that I meet, be it in my personal life or especially in my coaching life where they're my clients, is they think that overthinking serves them. Like I had a client recently that was just going back and forth on when whether she should stay with a boyfriend for months on end. And if you've listened to my episode, I think it's called Start Making Strong Decisions. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes because that is a great compliment to this episode because we know just in a few seconds where we want to go. Like if I said, think of a pink elephant, you would think of a pink elephant, right? So if I say, do you want to stay with a relationship or not? The first thing is going to come to your mind and you're going to have this initial gut reaction of where you want to go. and You know, then a lot of times our brain likes to talk us out of that because if it's a decision that's uncomfortable for us, requires us to face feelings we don't want to face, then you know, we sit in this limbo phase when the actuality is we know where we want to go, right? So total other topic. That's again a great compliment to this one about making decisions. But today is specifically about overthinking. All right, you ready to get in on this one? Let's do it. All right, so let me kind of tell you where I wasn't overthinking in my life and the results I got there and where it was. As I mentioned, with my business is where it came out the most. And I was just all over the place with different offers and what I should and shouldn't do. And I was making so many excuses in my brain. When I'm looking back, it was total overthinking. And what happened for me to shift into not overthinking my business in 2020, as I said, I hired some help. But one of the big things was make a decision and go with it, Lindsay. Have one simple offer that you offer your clients. That's it. All you do is promote that thing over and over and over and over and over again. You don't really change the offer, and and if you do, you make one small tweak to it, and then you promote the hell out of that and see where that goes. And then you make another small tweak and promote the hell out of that. You don't change all of these big things. And I was encouraged that my one simple offer was basically the best I could give my clients. And so if you've been following me for a while, you know, in 2020, I made that shift. I have a nine month coaching process. It's basically a one-on-one process. And then at the end, you know, clients can go into like an ongoing coaching program um, where they get ongoing support should they want to. Okay. So I kind of cheated a little bit. I do have two offers, but it's either one offer, right? When you start with me and then one offer, if you want to keep coaching with me. Okay. So that's where I went. And now in my personal life, I did not have all of this like overthinking and going in and out of things and like trying to change all this stuff. And you could see that with my results. So after I got a divorce from my daughter's father, I sat down and I said, okay, what are my ideal qualities in a partner? Started writing them and making a list. And boom, within weeks, I met my now husband. I didn't really overthink it with him because I had my list. And my list came from this place of... You know, my inner knowing that I always talk about here on the show, this intuition, and I didn't question it. I just started putting things down on the list that made sense. Granted, I would tweak things maybe a little bit here and there as I would start to date and stuff of like, "Hmm, okay, maybe I should add this thing to the list or, you know, tweak this one thing a little bit. And then I would start to rank them in a priority like I had on my list that somebody loves music and that was really lower on the list. And so like when I met my husband, we have different musical tastes. He likes country. I do not. I like pop. Totally fine. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. And anyways, most men don't like pop, right? <laughs> Let's be real. So again, with my husband, I didn't overthink it. It was just like, boom, here it is. Now, of course, did I have moments when I thought, is this still the right one? You know, we talked about one time or at least a couple episodes on the show, this inner mean girl called a vacillator where if something goes, you know, quote unquote, wrong, your vacillator will want to just completely pull out of something. It goes into a black and white thinking of thinking something's all good or all bad. And I've had to really work on my inner vacillator with that because there's been many times something happened with my husband and I'm like, F it, I'm out of here kind of thing. But in reality, that wasn't truly how I felt. And again, you may be like, Lindsay, didn't you just say earlier with decision-making, we always know intuitively, Yes, we do. But what's tricky is you have that inner mean girl voice that likes to come in and try and make it like it's our intuition when it's really not. And so that's part of the coaching process too, is we've got to kind of clear out that inner mean girl and get into that true, authentic intuition inside of you. So totally other topic there. (laughs) Let's go back to here. Again, as I said with my husband, no overthinking, boom, it happened. With coaching, it was the same thing. I was introduced to coaching, boom, made the decision within days to sign up for coaching with my last few thousand dollars that I had in the bank and made that decision from there. And there wasn't overthinking with it. Now, granted, after I made the decision, did I have that kind of, oh, what did I just do feeling? Totally. That's why most times when people sign up with me, I tell them that I say, Get ready. You may have a little pushback from your brain for you just making this investment, even if they do payment plans. Because that's not too big of a uh, feeling, but still their brain will freak out. So I warned them on that, right? But again, I took action, I didn't overthink it, I just trusted that inner knowing, that inner intuition, and I moved forward with it. And because of that, I found my job, you know, my ideal career a lot faster. And I'm so glad that I did that. Okay. So you see the variations here between the two? It was like, I trusted my inner knowing, took action, boom, got it. I didn't overthink it. When I didn't trust that inner knowing, I doubted the hell out of myself. I just spun in this overthinking for years on end. Whereas my peers and the coaching industry started to make a lot more money than I did. Okay? Okay. So why does overthinking happen? Well, it is, in essence, a distraction. So a distraction is something you're doing, but you don't want to do it. Okay? So it's the same as eating for some people. It's the same as overworking or over caretaking. Even love for some people. They get those hits of those endorphins of love. And, you know, they're addicted to that, right? So many different things can be distractions, you know, for a lot of people it's social media or TV, shopping even can be one, gossiping can be one, sex can be one for some people. But really at the end of the day, it goes back to that basic definition. And I'll say it again. A distraction is something you're doing that you don't want to do, but you're doing it anyway. Okay. So as you're doing different things throughout your days, start to ask yourself after you do it. Did I really want to do that? Did I really want to go eat that cupcake? Did I really want to scroll on social media? Did I really want to, you know, get another kitten? <laughs> that was like a, a distraction I had for my early 20s. I had four cats by the time I was 21. Yeah, total problem, right? So yeah, those are the things you're doing, but you don't want to do them anyway. Yeah, okay. So overthinking is one of them. And I'll give you an example of when to catch when you're overthinking Because for a lot of people, they don't know when it crosses the line from just thinking about something to overthinking, and they've likely done it for so long that it just feels like a normal behavior to them, okay? So recently, I had a client who reached out to me, and she wanted to terminate the coaching relationship. The reason that she wanted to was because um, she initially told me she wanted to work on These two goals as we were going to work together over the next year. And then she decided about, gosh, I think two months into the coaching agreement, she was an old client too. This was like in my ongoing membership kind of program. She decided, no, I'm actually going to go and invest in the career I have now. And I'm not going to work on my other goal at all. In fact, I'm going to do this whole other thing. And I know her well enough and I know how the brain works well enough that I came back at her and I said, listen, you are totally tucking yourself out of this stuff because your brain is freaking out. You say you want to go and invest in the career you have now. You hate the career you have now. Like you have been talking about making this shift for a while now and you're going to do that and your brain is freaking out and it's no big deal. Please don't give up on yourself. Cause she even told me like, I'll just keep paying the payments. I was like, no, you're not going to just keep paying the payments and not go after your goals and dreams. Like not going to happen. Okay. Well, I thought I handled it in a way that was really firm, but really loving and kind. And the way that she took it, I guess, wasn't very well because she never replied to me. She unfollowed me, unsubscribed from my stuff. She even blocked me on Instagram. And then, um... I ended up writing her back again. I said, listen, I've seen some of the actions you've taken. I understand you're upset. That's just the way it goes. Like, that's what you hire me for is to say the things that nobody else is going to say to you. You know, I know what you're wanting here at the end of the day. And, you know, what you're saying you're wanting now is just not it. Like, it's not even in alignment at all. Okay? sometimes do people do shift their goals and it makes sense. This one did not make sense at all. And I said, listen, I'm not going to charge you anymore because that's not what it's about. It's about you going after your goals. Still no response. So what happened then is my brain just kept thinking about this over and over and over again. I just started overanalyzing. Did I say something wrong? Should I have said this differently? What were my thoughts when I was writing those words? Did it come across as angry? And, you know, at that point, when I had written the emails to her, I was chucking in with myself. I was saying, okay, Lindsay, intentionally, what are your thoughts here? You know, how do you want to, you know, in essence, emote to her, even though it's on email. And I kept chucking in and making sure it was coming from this authentic place. And so it wasn't like I just reacted. And then later I was like, oh my gosh, like I knew what I was saying was good stuff. Okay. But yet my brain just couldn't put it down. And the reason why is because she did react in a way that I didn't think she would at all, at all. Like we even had kind of a friendship among us and she just like phew, was totally gone, okay? So I started just catching myself thinking about it over and over and over again. And and I knew at that point it had gone into overthinking because I was thinking about it when I didn't want to. Because remember that distraction is you're doing something but you don't want to do it, Right. I'm like, dang, brain, I'm over it. Let's move on. She's done. She's moved on. Like, move on to the next thing, okay? So that's when you catch it, when you're just thinking about it over and over and over again. And you're like, brain, listen, I'm done. Now, even if you are thinking in that moment, like, and when my example there, I did show up in a way that I was really proud of. And There are times, granted, I do show up in ways that I'm not really proud of. And I think, oh, damn, Lindsay, like you could have handled this, this, and this better. And what used to happen is I used to spin in this cycle of beating myself up because of that. But now what I'll do is I'll just say, I did the best that I could in that moment. I'm learning from it and I'm moving on. And if my brain brings it up again and starts trying to beat me up again, I will say the same thing back to it brain. I did the best in the moment. I'm growing from it and I'm moving on. Okay. Because spinning in that beat up kind of mode where you're beating yourself up over and over again is a big problem for overthinkers. It's like, they just keep saying the same negative stuff to themselves over and over and over again. It's not needed. I have some clients that are really deep in that right now. And it's so hard for us to dig past all of that self-judgment And get to the stuff that really needs healing because we're just constantly anytime we're pulling something up they have so much judgment about that and then we have to kind of like coax you know their inner mean girl is what we call it enough to just calm it down and be like okay it's okay that you're thinking this it's okay that you're doing this and feeling this but like you know calm it down we don't need the judgment there and i'm gonna do a whole nother episode on stopping self-judgment because we really need to talk about that because again it holds so many people back so again side tangent but this overthinking thing right is catch yourself when you're like man i don't want to think about this but i am and say whatever you need to say to yourself to move the f on okay so if i think about Lindsay back in the day Oh my Lord, I used to overthink like crazy. I even have a shirt that said, hold on, let me overthink it. (laughs) Like I was the queen of overthinking and I would overthink, oh my gosh, so many things like, oh, I should have said this or I should have done this, but I would especially overthink relationships, you know, people I was dating and how I could have handled things differently and better and God, the movie's would just play in my head over and over again. Movies meaning like the scenes of the relationship over and, over and over and over and over and over again. And I wish I would have just had this advice of somebody saying to me, you know, you can stop that, right? <laughs> like you can just say to your brain, that's enough, we're moving on. And then I would intentionally tell my brain, hey, we're gonna think about this instead. If my brain brought me back to that place, cause it's going to, I would intentionally bring it back. Okay, so if I'm thinking about like Lindsay in college, my God, I thought about boys so much. I would have intentionally brought it back and said, we are going to focus on in on our studies right now. And I would focus it there. And if I lost my focus, I would bring it back. And I would say, nope, we're studying, you know, whatever course it is in psychology right now. Boom, 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 boom. We're focusing on this. Again, so many times people think they just are like victim to their their life or their brain. This is what brains do. We have to train it otherwise, which is crazy, Right. It's like, we have to be bigger than our brains is what I always say, because the brain is in the driver's seat. And yet we have to like intentionally have this other higher being of us almost like take over and be the driver's seat. It's it's crazy. Yeah. But that's what you have to do. Okay. So just know too, we overthink because it's a distraction, as I said, and it's a distraction because our brain doesn't want to feel the feelings doesn't want to feel the fear and the sadness and the anger, but that's really the good stuff that we need to feel. Okay. So if I go back to my client example and I was overthinking it, you know, again, I know enough to know what overthinking is. I would catch it. And then I would also ask myself, Lindsay, what is it you really need to feel here? And I needed to feel sadness. I was so sad that our relationship at this point has ended the way that it has. As I said, I loved working with her. She loved working with me at one point. We almost had like this friendship we were blossoming. And for whatever reason, she just she didn't want to continue and she didn't want to continue in a way where we could at least even just be friendly with one another and talk to one another. And so that was sad. And I had to mourn that and I had to let that go. And I even felt some self judgment coming up when that would come up. It's like, oh, Lindsay, you got too attached to a client. Uh-uh-uh. You shouldn't have done that. You're supposed to always be in a neutral state with a client. I'm like, listen, sometimes I do get a little attached. Sometimes we do build a little bit of a bond beyond just the coaching relationship. Like, that's okay. It's human, Lindsay. Feel the sadness of it. And as the time has gone on, because now this has been, gosh, like four months since this has happened. You know, it's not a sad one, I think about it. I have a little bit of lingering sadness of, oh, like there's still a part of me that's like, man, I still wish I was working with her. I still wish this is happening, but then I let it go. And I go back to like different spiritual beliefs to help me let it go. I'll, I'll say things of like, she's on her journey. She knows it's best for her. She knows she can always reach out if she needs me. And if I have thoughts otherwise of that, of like, oh, well, she should have da-da-da-da-da because that's what my brain will present sometimes. Like, No. She's on her journey, Lindsay. You were just be so grateful that you got to help her during the time you did and let it go. There's something bigger out there working in our favor, potentially. Let it go. Let that, you know, higher being figure it out for her. She's got this. Okay. And so those are the things that will calm me. And I'll even, you know, turn to some of the tools that I use like journaling. Like I feel sad that this relationship is over and I let it go kind of stuff. Okay. All right? So that's why we overthink. It's because we don't want to feel those feelings. But all we need to do is just go in and feel them. Even though it feels a little uncomfortable and our brain is, you know, sending off sirens when we have to go feel them of like sadness, sadness, get out of here, get out. This isn't powerful. This is bad. You know, last time we felt sad, we never pulled ourselves out of it. It's just... And it may be true for you. You may not know how to pull yourself out, but that's why, you know, doing something like coaching can really be so valuable to learn how to fully process your emotions. I say this all the time, but I wish we were teaching this kind of stuff in in school is just fully being able to sit in a feeling of, I feel sad and just let it wash over us. Maybe journal it out, talk it out oh and just let it kind of you know go through our body. If we feel anger, I feel angry and like hitting a pillow and getting that out and talking out loud even of like you stupid la, la 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 and say all the things you need to say. Get all of that out. You know, we really are just very toddler like at the end of the day. I have a 2-year-old right now and you know why he gets over stuff so quick is he processes his emotions. When I tell him no, you can't have that cookie, he gets mad and he gets sad and it lasts a few minutes and then he moves the F on. Whereas the rest of us, things happen much bigger than just saying no to a cookie and we're just like stuffing it along like we're these little robots do, 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 and wonder why we're so robotic feeling all the time. Whew. Well, it's probably because we don't know how to process our feelings. We're trying to act like we're robots when we're not. Pretty crazy, huh? All right. So that's my little spiel there. Okay. The last thing I want to cover with you, and this goes back to decision-making, and that is many times people will come to me and they'll say, okay, Lindsay, I know that I overthink. I know that I don't want to overthink. And especially when we go through the coaching process, I have them take a distractions assessment. And one of the segments in that assessment is if you're an overthinker or not. So they pretty much know in black and white terms of like, are you an overthinker? Yes or no. Right. So they'll know, be like, okay, Lindsay, I don't want to do this anymore. How can I just trust my decisions? And I know I mentioned that other podcast episode of make strong decisions, and that's a great compliment to this one, but I'm going to give you an exercise right now to help you too. And that is not only just tapping more into that inner wisdom and that inner intuition, which I know is a process. Okay. So you may not be there yet. You may not you know, know what is that intuition or not. And that's okay. But what you can do is you can just start to think about the decision at hand. Okay. So if you're thinking about what is it going to look like if I, you know, for example, take this job or I stay at my job now, or if I date this person or I date this person, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But just play out in your mind how you envision it going, you know, making that one choice making that other choice and make the vision that you have out of freaking possibility, not out of like worst case scenario, because that's where our brain is going to go. Okay. So if I'm thinking about my client recently, who just could not make the decision about staying in the relationship or not, and she knew deep down it was time for it to go. She totally knew And we weren't in an ongoing coaching relationship for me to continue to coach through her. I would just reach out to her ever so often on email and be like, hey, how's life? What's going on? And then, you know, she would tell me, oh, still deciding on this. I'd be like, oh my gosh. So anyways, what she envisioned when she would leave him, even though she knew deep down it's time for us to part, was this life of I'm too old. Nobody's gonna want me. Nobody's out there. It's a bunch of losers out there. And it was like, oh my gosh, if you envision that out there, then that's what you're going to create versus my ideal matches out there. This is going to be so fun. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of people waiting for me. This is going to be the adventure of my life. Like those are the visions and thoughts she could have going into that. And your brain will try and tell you, oh, but that's not realistic. That's going to set myself up for hurt. That's going to make failure feel even worse. What if I am making the wrong decision? And then you just go back to, again, of, of you know, what do you want to believe here? What do you want to think? You know, I, I mentioned the story often, but when my divorce happened, I didn't really have a choice. Like he had moved on because there was a part of me that had those thoughts of like, who's going to want me now? I'm a mother. even though it was in my late twenties. I'm a mother. You know, I'm kind of not at my peak anymore was another thought that I had. And who's going to be out there? And when it became just like obvious that I had to move on, I remember my mom saying some of those thoughts to me, even worse actually, of like, Lindsay, don't get your hopes up. I don't know if any guy's gonna want you now and da-da-da-da. And I, I actually kind of like it when she goes to that extreme. <laughs> some people like, oh my gosh, that's so mean. It's actually really been good for me over the years when she goes even more extreme than my mind because I see it playing out in somebody else and I'm like, damn, like this is really negative thinking. Do I want to think that? And I started to think and said, who's gonna not want me? I'm a catch. This is awesome. This is gonna be so fun. I'm only gonna be with somebody if they will, you know, meet these qualities because that person is out there. And it became a really fun experience and that's what I got. You know, I started dating in April of whatever year that was. So it would have been 2013. And I met my husband in August. So just a couple months later, and and kind of in that, you know, period, I dated somebody else for a couple months, he ended up being a jerk. So I wasn't like actively dating a ton of people. Um, It just happened to be that, you know, then I found my husband. And a lot of that was because of the great thoughts that I had about myself and about how the experience would go. And so that's what, again, I created. So start to play that out as you go into these two scenarios. And if you still are just, oh my gosh, I can't break this pattern of overthinking. I catch myself doing it all the time. You know, I'm just still doubting myself. Again, that's where you need to start to really ask yourself, what is this costing me in my life? Like if I think about where my overthinking was coming out, which as I said, my business, I mean, that likely has costed me hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, it's not like I fully saw that I was overthinking. My brain was really sneaky to be like, oh, no, I'm just new or it's because I'm a mom and make all these excuses. But I catch that shit so fast. Once it was presented to me now, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, brain, we're not going there. And I catch it even more in my clients. And I am helping this really small little batch of some of my ongoing clients build businesses and they are building them so fast because I'm coaching them hard on that stuff of, uh oh, quit overthinking it. Stop. If you knew right now, what would you decide? Go, go test it. Don't come back to me until you test it. And then if she's, you know, testing it and it doesn't work out right. Okay. Let's tweak one little thing and then go test that again. Get out there. Boom, 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 boom. Because another thing I'll tell you about overthinking is... As I said, overthinking is like, oh, I don't want to feel the feelings of, you know, sadness and whatever. But one of the big things of overthinking is not getting into action and not putting yourself out there because it's so much more comfortable to just sit in our, you know, little house with our cozy blanket and, you know, drink our tea and overthink, right? And read our books and overthink about concepts in the world instead of getting our butt out there, taking action, getting no's, getting failure, Yeah, I mean, it's not a comfortable experience, even if you're an introvert, because I am definitely an introvert. I am definitely somebody who loves reading and being alone and doing all the things. But I realize a part of the game of going after my dreams is getting freaking uncomfortable very often, like putting myself out on social media, doing this podcast, opening myself up to haters potentially who are like, Lindsay, this overthinking shit, it's total BS, right? That's just part of it. People telling me no. Like I mentioned the client that, you know, blocked me on Instagram recently. It's Just part of the game. I'm so glad that I'm out here in the game, though, as Brene Brown refers to it as the arena. Out here, you know, getting bloodied sometimes. But like learning and getting better instead of sitting at home overthinking shit. Yeah, does it hurt sometimes? But then I pick myself up and I keep going. I promise you on the other side of this overthinking, life is so much more fun. Now, okay, Greenan, it's still 50-50, right? You've got a different set of things you have to deal with, but I would choose this 50-50 all day long. And the reason why, too, is because I know how to process my emotions. Anything that's presented to me, yeah, it's going to sting and it hurts. My brain doesn't really want to feel it. Then I process it. and Then I move on, okay? This, this whole like feeling feelings life, deeply feeling all the crap and deeply feeling all the good stuff, is good stuff. Really, really good stuff. And I know for some of my clients are like, Lindsay, you're always telling me to feel more neutral though. I'm like, neutrality is a great thing too, baby. That's really what I'm teaching here is this neutrality, but you're up and you're down and like, you're filling all the things and you're just kind of staying at this neutral place, which may be over some of your heads if you're not at that place of coaching yet. So, oh goodness, so much that you can take from this episode. I hope you took a couple nuggets Let's stop this overthinking, my friend. Get out there. Get dirty. Get into action. Go fail because the failure is their pathway to success. Trust yourself. Feel those feelings. You got this. I believe it in the core of my soul. Even if you and I have never met, I completely believe in you. You don't even have to tell me anything about you. I know you have inside of you, whatever it takes to accomplish the dreams that you want to accomplish. And I'm not just saying that so that you pay me money. I don't really care if you even pay me money. Just I want you to believe in yourself enough to go out and do this stuff. Okay. whatever's stopping you from going out and doing that stuff, like overthinking or whatever, go heal that shit. It's not as hard as it needs to, to be or what your brain's thinking it needs to be. Okay. All right. That's all I have for you this week. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email. Share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, ePreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.